Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Playlist Podcast from Scanlane Media, where we talk about what we've been experiencing lately in video games. I'm Six Detmar. And I'm Jennifer Uncle. And I'm Kyrie Page. And we're all here. We're gathered around the warm Christmas holiday season video game fire. The turducken turducken of video games. Yeah, yeah. You take a Jedi Fallen Order and you stuff it in a Death Stranding and then you've got bad plot and bad gameplay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the holiday season and, and, and shit is poppin', um, as they say, it's that classic, uh, Christmas song. And, uh, we've been, we've been getting up to some, some gaming, um, and I'm wondering, like, I don't know how, like, just in general, how is this holiday season of, of games? I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird to call it that because it's like, it's not like we're playing like fucking like Christmas cart or any shit it's just these games happen to come out around this time of year there's nothing holiday about them but this is when the big rush tends to happen and and what have what have y'all thought of it so far i'd say it's been a pretty good uh few months all told like uh i don't know there's just been a lot of things where i've been enjoying death stranding um apple arcade has been Gap Up Arcade came out with one or two new games that I've been enjoying, and it it seems like there's more to look for within these last few months than there typically is. Like more that's catching my interest, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this, like this past like couple of weeks, we had a lot of marquee releases. Like, like you mentioned, Death Stranding, Jedi Fallen Order fucking a new pokemon set of pokemon games came out we did have a new set of pokemon games um have we all been playing that i have uh kyrie has been going for some alternative programming (laughs) Mm, oh that's right that's right you're a you're a conscientious objector to Uh, monsters sans pockets yeah considering that i I thought we would be a little bit more involved in Pokemon because I got myself involved in some Digimon. Because Digimon Cyber Sleuth came out on Switch like a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I have been messing with that. And it has been very interesting to play it because Digimon for all these years has always been in Pokemon's shadow in a mm-hmm. way. Well deserved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, one hey, Digimon has a better anime. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just I'm I'm just asking the questions here, right? But Maybe. uh I uh, okay. I was not a big fan of the Digimon anime, but that's that's, I suppose, neither here nor there. Um, okay. Uh, but how 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 is how is the game scene? How have the video games been treating you as far as Digimon? So the game is interesting, and I don't know if it's a good interesting or a bad interesting, but just like it doesn't. It feels like Cyber Sleuth didn't exactly know what it wanted to be. Like, Mm. so there is monster collecting of a sort in there, 
even mm-hmm. though like when I think of Digimon, I don't necessarily think of monster collecting. I think of kids running around with one Digimon that can evolve, Digivolve into like multiple forms. Instead, yes, usually. yes. <laughs> I, I had to look up what the evolution order was recently, and it was in training rookie champion ultimate mega, and that's not confusing at all. Well, I. The song says they digivolve into champions. I, did yes. I did I miss the step there? But there's also that... yeah, there's that. But then there's also that line that's like digivolve into ultimate. So, well, it's good mm-hmm. that you remember that line because I forgot that line. <laughs> it sounds like they're having some some difficulties with the, uh, let's say, their messaging around Digimon. The di- the digi digi logistics. They're digi-destined for some bad PR. Yep. Um, so... So, you know how monster collecting in Pokemon works, and Pokemon has always been about the monster collecting, like, the gotta catch them all is, like, right there in the tagline. Mm -hmm. Um, and Cyber Sleuth has, like I said, it has monster collecting of a sort where when you encounter monsters, you get this, like, sync rate that happens, that shows up on screen and you got to encounter basically you have to encounter a wild digimon like say you want to get agumon on your team or whatever you have to encounter agumon a set number of times before you can convert it to your team and then you can have agumon on your team hmm. <laughs> so you're not exactly you're not like weakening the monster and then throwing a pokeball although they do make a pokemon joke in the game like at one point you're in Shibuya and a strange old man like offers you assistance and your compatriot who's with you at the time is like oh do you, can you give us a ball to help us capture Digimon and it's like okay very good thank you hmm seems seems a little seems a little weird it feels like I don't know like having I, I don't know having some some like knock off third person shooter make a joke about call of duty you know the more successful and better respected of that <laughs> yeah like basically weird... yeah it's a weird poll <laughs> all things considered like you want to meet make people think about your game rather than another game they might be they rather play in terms of like monster collecting does it feel like that's i mean like so as as you mentioned i've always thought of digimon as being like the you know one monster, one future, or whatever the fuck. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> one monster, one future sounds like it sounds like a Digimon thing. So we'll roll um, with it. But like, I it's as trying to like catching multiple Digimon and encountering Digimon and catching them has never to me seemed like part of the franchise. And I'm curious, um, is this does this have enough of its own ideas, or does it feel like it's trying to chase Pokemon too much? Well, it's trying to chase Pokemon, and it's also, oddly enough, trying to chase Persona, where mm. where with Persona, they took, like, sort of, like, their approach to the Pokemon formula was having, like, multiple Persona on your team that you swapped out for various situations, but you just had them all existing in your head and doing traditional JRPG combat, you know? Sure, sure. And, you know... And so the identity of Cyber Sleuth is that it's trying to go for like a mix between 
persona style combat with like you have multiple so in the combat in cyber sleuth is you have three digi up to three digimon on your team and they do traditional jrpg combat so you have attack you have a bunch of special moves and you can defend or use an item like depending on like on the turn order um so it's got the jrpg loop to it but it also Mm. like i said has like the weird monster collecting loop it sounds like shin megami tensei almost yeah a little bit and to that i say like i I guess i kind of wish the game like the game also it has a side character named nokia who like encounters and like has like a bond forming with like a rogue agumon and gabumon that have Mm -hmm. shown up and i'm like i'd rather play as nokia i'd rather play as like you know this character who gets to hang out with these digimon instead of like oh i'm training and collecting and using these digimon to fight for me whereas like they don't really have a personal relationship with you like in the show it was always like like I said, one Digimon, like, to one person, and they had, like, a relationship with that person, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talked, and they had, like, personalities and all sorts of stuff. Whereas in Cyber Sleuth, you don't really talk to your Digimon, which is weird to me, but... It's kind of like the thing about Digimon compared to Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they're in a computer, I guess, but... Yes. In a digital world. <laughs> Yeah, yes, excuse me. We are living in a digital world and I am a digital girl. (laughs) (laughs) I will say it's interesting because uh, I've played a little bit of this game myself back when it came out on PS4. And the other thing it's doing is that it has a Summer Wars style VR world that people are wandering around, uh, connecting through for the net, basically. That's how they access the internet. Oh, Second Life. (laughs) Yeah, and there's this... There's this thing going around that's basically putting its users into comas while they're stuck within this uh stuck oh, dot hack. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but somehow your but somehow your online avatar breaks out into the real world, which uh freaks a number of people out. But as you're breaking out, there's this woman in a Corvette or a sports car like that that basically speeds up next to you and is like get in and she's a detective that's where the cyber sleuth comes in so because you're solving cases and like collecting cases and like like you have a white you have a cork board full of like oh this one digimon lost their like trinket and needs to be found in this area or the ac is going crazy there's a rogue digimon in the ac system that you need to deal with hmm yeah, so I it law well, does seem to lack some of those elements that I'm not too familiar with Digimon other than seeing the movie and uh some of the anime episodes, so I don't know a ton of what regular Digimon is supposed to look like, but it does seem like they supplant some of that with uh some of these weirder detective hijinks. I guess it may be too early to tell, but so far, like, is it coming together for you? I That's why I say it's interesting because, like, its contingent parts aren't, like, very interesting on their own, but they're kind of coming together in a weird way. It's like, hmm. it's a weird game, and it does 
has weird ideas about like how to go about like chasing the Shimigami Tensei or chasing the Pokemon formulas and and you know having a Digimon story involved mm-hmm. and the story is like it's starting to get in, like interesting because there's like a major corporation that's necessarily behind all that may be behind all the comas and you're trying to take them down and a number of things so i'm gonna keep playing it i think it's like an interesting game i just think it's like interesting mostly because of my experience with the combination of playing digimon and persona and pokemon and just like this weird mission this weird curry this weird mishmash of various ingredients are coming together mm-hmm. it's an interesting take on a lot of a lot of ideas that you've seen other places but also not too much right like it's not you know we all know what pokemon is but also there aren't a million pokemon games out there we all know persona but there aren't a million games like persona so yeah huh okay all right well we'll have to check back with you once you've gotten you've gotten further i assume it, it being a jrpg there's a lot of game left to go Oh yeah, I am only like 10 to 15 hours into it, so I'm like barely scratching the surface. Mm. Yeah. As JRPGs go. Games are long, it turns out. I've been playing the longest game. Uh, What would that be? Uh, Death. No. Um, <laughs> Death Stranding. I, uh, I have been playing Death Stranding, but honestly, I, I, don't, I don't need to talk about that here. You should play the game. You should skip every cutscene you can. <laughs> I have been you necessarily. You don't necessarily have to hit skip. Just yeah. walk out. <laughs> yeah. I have been watching Jen play uh, Death Stranding, and Death Stranding seems like a trip. Yeah, not not always a great trip, but um, you know, um, no, I've been playing. Uh, this is this is me totally abusing the podcast format because i've been playing a lot of girls frontline because the latest event is going on and it fucking kicks ass it's a great the great event the thing about girls frontline right is it's one of those like it's it's the classic like what i expected what i got meme format right (laughs) where you're like oh cute anime girls with guns they're that's great and it's like oh wait no they're all like like used to be like 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 servants uh because they you know they're robots so they were used as servants by normal people and then they got requisitioned to be forced to serve in a pmc and now they all have ptsd and everything is hell um the current event is like going around because um there's sort of the protagonist squad of five and uh one of them is missing one of them turned evil and one of them got shot in the face um and it's a bad time for everybody but it's like they're it's weird to see them going this hard with a gotcha story. Yeah, about um, to say, it's like, isn't Girls Frontline just a gotcha game? It is just a gotcha game, but it's a gotcha game where it's like, oh, this, you know, this, you got like, here, you upgraded the rarity of your M4A1 because her arm got blown off and her mind was destroyed. And so they had to rebuild her. And while they were at it, they might as well give her a hardware upgrade. You're like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> um, Yeah, so... Where where I'm at in the story right now, the current ongoing story event is basically that for the whole time you've been fighting like this um, this group called the Sangvis Fairy, who are um, 
like they're ruled by an AI. They are PMC ruled by an AI, and the AI did the Terminator thing. And I was like, wait, why do we need people for right? Right. Um, and you're uh, a human commander in charge of of some some friendly lady robots, and you're like, I should stand up to to the victory, and I should make sure this doesn't happen. Um, and so you've been fighting them for the last ten chapters of this. Um, and then basically, like, the actual military rolls in and is like, your fight doesn't matter in the slightest, all of you are pathetic, and just sort of rolls over everyone. Um, and it's, it's, I can't tell how it's gonna go, because you'd think it'd be like, oh, both you and the SF are like, wait, no, the real enemy is the military, and that's true, but also you still fucking hate the SF, so now it's just sort of like this PMC versus everyone, and it's like, mm, if everyone's against a PMC, is the PMC really in the right? It's a fucking PMC. Um, and I don't know, there's there's a lot of weird political stuff going on in a way that I, I really I really wouldn't expect. You think of gotcha games and you think they're mostly just like feel-good stories about how the girls want to date you or whatever the fuck, right? Or the boys are cute. Um, yeah, when I think yikes, of gotcha games... Yeah. yeah, well, like, when I think of gotcha games, it's just like you're paying a lot of money for a lot of very pretty gifts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I haven't put money into this game for quite a while now. It's pretty generous. I've, I make this pitch every time I bring it up. But, like, if you want the gotcha game where you can just play it without giving them money, here you go. So what do you say Great. PMC against the world? It, this is basically Metal Gear, isn't it? Um. Well, it's a post-apocalyptic future where um, there is a military autocracy. So the the will of the indiv- like the will of the populace is not really represented. Um, it's hard to know what ordinary people think about any of this. Um, so it's the military industrial complex versus the military. Um, and so you kind of don't really care who gets fucked. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a dystopian situation. Um, and I don't know that like on its face i think the world building is very interesting but they are willing to like commit to it in a way that i have to respect where it's like i don't know these everyone is pretty messed up and they don't shy away from that fact they they obviously want to sell you a jpeg of this lady in a in a bikini but it's like oh no she's just a complete homicidal maniac and it's not like played for laughs she just is like okay all right that's something it's a weird game. The more and more you describe it, it does it it definitely sounds like your type of gotcha game. I I like that there is, you know I'm I'm never one to come for the gotcha games for the swimsuits. I'll say that. I am glad that there there are conspiracies and things going on for me to engage with. Yeah. Uh what have you been up to, Jen? Speaking of uh phone games, or in this case iPad games, uh I got into the first chapter of Guildlings uh, over the last weekend. Um, it's this Apple Arcade release that came out of nowhere. Um, it was something that uh, Asher Vollmer and uh, the person who did... Well, one of the team members behind Threes and a bunch of other people were working on Incomplete Silence until they released it years later as a first episode in uh on Apple Arcade. And it it's pretty neat. Like um it's a touched based uh RPG where you're 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 poking around and uh getting into fights where 
in, instead of a typical sort of JRPG fight or RPG fight, you have abilities that don't attack, but they are either effective or they burn time. And each each turn that you see at the top of the screen is a is a single move essentially. What you basically have to do is keep your party alive until the turns end. But in order to do really well at these fights, the best thing to do is find a way to burn the exact amount of time so you do the effective move as the last move of that uh, set of turns. And it, it's all presented in a very costume quest slash uh, humorous way. Like, um, the whole... Po- I mean, the main plot of the game is that uh, you're... You're a teenager, or approaching teenager age anyway, and you've been separated from your friends for most of the summer. Your older sister, who is a bit of a troublemaker sometimes, uh, ends up finding you a tome, aka a really old model of cell phone. And that cell phone gets you enrolled in this adventure program. And you, after you complete the tutorial, it encases you in a pink bubble where you can't move or anything like that, except a little cursor shaped like a diamond that interacts with the world. And it's basically like, oh, hey, you need to complete a heroic quest or we're not going to let you out. <laughs> so your sister immediately takes advantage of that. It's like, look, I, we're both grounded for some shit we got up to earlier this week. And I have a date with a friend, so I need you to spend your heroic quest uh, getting me to my date at lookout point. At, at makeout point, which also happens to be a ancient uh, adventure dungeon converted into a teen hangout spot. And th- the rest of the episode is you getting to that location, but also picking up uh, party members along the way, which happen to be your old friends who... Some of them are super... Most of them are super stoked to see you because you were the one in the group that everyone seemed to like. But then some of them run into each other and they're like, Oh, I, I hate this girl right here. She really messed things up when we were all together last time. So there's this interesting tension of I know someone who really wants to go to this place, but they hate this other person who has to be there. So do I swap the person who really wants to go for someone else who can get the job done Hmm. and break their heart that way? Or do I just let them go and hope that the two of them don't bicker too much? And you're trapped in a pink bubble this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're basically... Your family lives on this um, semi-remote island uh, with a windmill. And um, you're just sitting in your room um, with a shocked face uh, looking at your phone. Because you're so stuck you're... in this bubble. So how are you interacting with anyone? You appear within the world itself as this uh, glimmering diamond, essentially. Like... This is a world that combines both uh, fantasy and reality. So it's a situation where people are familiar with the little gems that float around and talk and fight with them sometimes. Like on your way to the on your way to make out point, one of the things you run into is a 
group of trolls who are actually pretty chill. They just like needling people and finding out about their issues and basically being like, oh, hey, yeah, you're doing this pretty silly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you also run into a bunch of uh, very small toddlers or people that are like seven or eight years old who have put themselves in a bunch of cardboard boxes and uh, have declared themselves... Uh, th they basically have them a name like Cardboard Cops or whatever, and their whole thing is chasing people who they think are trying too hard. So you have to deal with those people too. And they don't mm. chase themselves because, I mean, cardboard is really hard to manipulate into a suit. Yeah, everyone you're talking to is through a fake uh, text message system. And there are moments where, it, since it's an isometric game, some of the ways that you get a better picture of what people look like or what the situation around your friends looks like is they'll snap quick selfies of themselves in the situation or a quick picture of what they're looking at. So there's this fun thing where, like, uh, the super hyperactive kid who used to be in your friend group uh, named Chaz Az, uh does this thing where he's constantly taking photos and they're always blurry because he's always super stoked about something. So you'll just see his face. You'll just see a blurry semblance of his face being super psyched about whatever you're doing. So I'm going to give you some credit here and say that this game sounds pretty hard to describe because I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing a bad job of describing it. It's, no, you're not. It's, it's an isometric RPG where you point and click to get to things and the humor is very cutesy and that sort of... What if we took, what if we took a bunch of fantasy elements and transposed them into the real world? Like, what if, what if, a, what if a magical book was just a cell phone and... What if, uh, what if the person who's basically our, whatever, what kind of class in RPGs is the one that has a shield and protects everyone? Paladin. Uh, could, yeah, Paladin is yeah. classic. Could just be warrior, but. What if Paladins were, had that sort of armor because they were way into sports and called themselves sports knights? And. What if? <laughs> what if? Good question. <laughs> Good question. Good question. I love volleyball. That makes me a tank. <laughs> but yeah, the the characters are really... Uh, I'm really drawn in by the characters and their drama. And the, the combat is good enough and unique enough that uh, I could see myself continuing to watch what happens as future episodes get released. Okay, okay. Uh, and this is, this is on Apple Arcade. It's free with Apple Arcade? Yep, it's uh, Apple Arcade's like $5 a month, and that's one of the new games they dropped out of nowhere. Alright, sounds good. So Jen, I'm gonna have a proper write-up uh, soon. I'm, I'm writing, I'm working on something, but um, how are you finding Pokemon? It's good, like, uh, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect because... After a bunch of the furor happened, I more or less checked myself out of uh, paying attention to what was going on with Pokemon before release, because being around all these people and interacting to it was an uncomfortable place to be. Sure. 
I appreciate just about every single one of the changes they've made so far, I think. Like, the wild areas where you can... Oh, <laughs> I remember you telling the story about being able to... How a level 25 Onyx defeated you almost immediately in that area. Mm -hmm. Fun thing is, since I was a water type, I took that Onyx down pretty quickly. But, uh... Yeah, it's fun to wander around and... At times, it almost became a stealth game for me because there was a beware wandering around an area and I was hiding behind trees so I wouldn't get into its line of sight because I knew that that beware would kick my ass. Mm -hmm. And uh, I appreciate how all the Pokemon you run into, even though they're still quote-unquote random encounters, they show up as, poly as polygonal entities within the field. Because it means that you can be a lot more purposeful with what you're trying to catch. Or be like, oh hey, this thing, I've never seen this thing before. I kind of want to, I want to catch it and I both want to learn, and I also want to learn its deal. Hmm. And uh, I'd say the new Pokemon themselves are fantastic. Like, I love their take on Meowth for the Galarian region. Just this... This giant fur ball. This <laughs> yeah. mass. This massive fur. <laughs> yeah, the massive fur, massive beard, smile, like it's very much eager to either hang out with you or eat you. Um, there's Yamper, which is this adorable corgi type Pokemon that uh, I basically want to hug every time I see it. And... Yeah, there's a lot more like that. And overall, it's... I'm finding myself stopping to catch Pokemon, which is something I almost never did in the other games. Like, I would catch Pokemon, but I wouldn't be going out of my way to be like, oh, hey, here's something that doesn't have a little Pokeball next to its name, meaning that I don't have it in my collection. I need it in my collection. Hmm. And that was never an instinct before now, because they make it so easy to get into that mindset. Like, even if you hit the pause menu and take a quick look at the map, it'll be like, oh, hey, you're in this region. Here are some Pokemon we recommend you trying to catch in this region. Mm -hmm. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of care put into simplifying the systems, too, which I love, like... From the get-go, you're sharing experience with all your party members. Uh, it's super easy to teleport from one town to the next, or even one route to the next. You have a infinite escape rope. Uh, you get the bike pretty early on. They, they've gone out of their way to make this as convenient as possible, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's it's a case, though, where... Um, so I also like the game. I don't think I like it as much as you. And I think part of that is... We don't think of it this way, but if you do the math, Pokemon's basically an annual franchise. Pokemon's basically like Madden. Is... Or like every two years? Every two years or more recently every year. There was Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, so... Mm -hmm. And Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and Moon. And then also there are other like other spin-off games and stuff. Mm -hmm. They actually come out constantly. Um, and 
to me, it's never been more like I hadn't thought about that fact before now. And it's partially just because I hadn't, you know, like had the perspective, but also it feels more obvious than it ever has to me where I think these are good games and I'm enjoying them. But I also do think in a lot of ways they do pale into comparison to the other games. Um, I think the game is really railroady in a way that it hasn't been before. It's really rushing you from gym to gym in a way that it doesn't usually um i think there are a lot of their new ideas clearly they didn't have time to flesh out where like especially you go back to the wild areas and the wild areas i do think are cool but also you have the problem where it's like okay if they spawn in the grass they're normal like they're normal enemies and if they spawn like singular outside of the grass they're the tougher ones right but that varies by subregion within the wild area and it's not labeled and there's no visual indication you could go to one area and you'd see a machop and it'd be level 25 and you could go to another area and see a machop and it would be level 60 and you have literally no way of knowing um and i think that's like that's just an example of like it makes the the um the wild areas kind of a mess because you can stumble into fights you can't handle pretty easily with no way of knowing that you don't know which regions you're safe to explore you don't know which ones like i've had a problem where i don't have false swipe yet i need to get false swipe um and there are pokemon i would like to catch that i can't because i can't weaken them i just one shot them you know you can just go to a pokemart and buy them there right pokemon like you could go <laughs> i'm sorry uh, you could you could go to a poke center and uh buy false swipe for their there for like 10,000. No, I didn't know po they sold that one. Well, okay. I should do that. But I still think there's a basic problem of the way wild areas are structured. Um there are performance issues with like I generally don't care about that, but like the way whenever you connect online in a wild area, the frame rate just goes to shit. Like 10 frames a second is kind of appalling. Um and then, like, the raids are not very engaging. I have a lot of little nitpicks. Um, I still think it's a good game, and I think the designs overall are, are good. But it's hard in, in this sort of... In the current environment to be critical about Pokemon because there's so many people being critical about Pokemon in such a stupid way, right? And you don't want to, like... You don't want to be like, yeah, you're right, Pokemon is bad because Dexit. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to like find yourself in the company of those types. Mm -hmm. But you also don't want to be like, well, I don't want to be one of them, so I will turn off my critical side and just say that this is a great game. Like, I think it's a good game. I think you should play it. I do think there's stuff that they screwed up. I do um, think that the that the specific new. Um, enemy team kind of sucks. Like, uh, yeah. oh, you're not a fan of Team Yell? Yeah, I'm not really a fan of them. Like, they, it, it is kind of fun the way that they'll occasionally just be like, oh, hey, we're we're trying to protect this Pokemon as it grazes, so everyone back off while we let this Pokemon graze. But then other times, like, like they're designed specifically. Like they're designed like, uh, when I see a football hooligan, I associate them with racism. So <laughs> it's like just watching. It's like walk, walking around and seeing like, oh hey, here's a bunch of bigots just ready to fight me or whatever. But also, and they don't. Their team doesn't have a personality either. I mean, like they're like, 
they're rowdy, but it's like they don't have objectives. Their single objective is to help out that one trainer that they've attached themselves to, but that's that's not as... a bad job of it. That like h- half the time their plan for for doing that is like I'm going to get in this the way of this trainer with my Pokemon that's really weak, and therefore we'll get one shot and give the trainer more experience. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And the visual design of them isn't that interesting to me either, especially considering how with Sun and Moon you had Team Skull, which team might Skull be were so good. Yeah, they might be my favorite uh, enemy team ever, just because. They had this interesting style to them. They really stuck out and had a personality. And you could... They had objectives, like you mentioned, Six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Team Skull was Team Skull was amazing. And it's... I, I do think they are... This is the most aimless team we've ever had. And, like, I, I don't know how far you've got... How many badges in are you? I've collected the fire badge, and I'm about to get into my second wild area. Okay. Um, I am at the um, Champion Cup or whatever. I've gotten all eight badges. Um, so Team Yell has basically wrapped up. Let me tell you, there's nothing interesting about the way Team Yell wraps up. You just have an encounter where you're like, hey, stop bothering me. And they're like, okay. It's uh, very, very lame. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. But... So it just it feels like and then um it it feels and like if you're just playing the game like do you remember like previous Pokemon games you had like Mount Moon, you had like Silph Co, you had like Team Rocket hideouts, you had dungeons. Oh yeah, you there's totally have ma- those. There's maybe one dungeon in this game. There's a there's a cave, there's a mine you have to go through early on and basically there's never another dungeon. It's just like you go through a route, you get to the next city. You go through a route, you get to the next city. And it just, it feels really, I, I want to use streamlined it in a negative way, right? It feels really stripped down to a point where it, it takes a lot of the soul out of the area. It feels like all this place has going on is the gym challenge. And anyone who isn't the gym challenge isn't a real person. There is also the sensation that... Uh... As much as I like being able to teleport from one place to another, at a certain point outside of uh, significant battles, you don't need healing items so much because if you're stalking a route uh, to catch Pokemon, you can instantly transport to a Poke Center, then transport back to the route you were on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like they took about they took out a fair amount of like the planning. They used to go into a Pokemon game where it's like, okay, I'm about to go on an expedition down this route to the next city. I better be prepared with, like, potions and Pokemon types and that kind of thing. And it seems like it, they've kind of removed that. And it feels like there's, there's like, a, there's a way you can do that, right? Like, there are these days RPGs where it's like, after you finish a fight, you're fully healed, Right. And so they assume that, and they design the fight so that every fight you have to, you know, you have to fucking fight. There are no easy fights. Um, but this feels like it hits a middle ground where it's just like, it's really, it's really easy to heal yourself to full. And it's not like, you don't have to invest much in fights. So it's just the occasional annoyance. Um, and it feels like a, a, not a great solution. The Gigantamax fights also, the way that they're balanced is odd like 
sometimes it, I'll I'll basically run through half my team because they'll all get wiped out. I mean, half of that team will get wiped out in that facing against that one last Pokemon who happens to have Gigantamax on. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the fights are fairly manageable, aside from that one. And it, it's to the point where there's no reason to ever launch Gigantamax except at the very last fight against a uh, gym leader or rival trainer, because that's when they're going to launch theirs too. And if you're not in Gigantamax when they're in Gigantamax, you're going to wipe. Well, I have I have won fights without using Gigantamax, like gym fights, but like that's the exception, not the rule. And it is it is I do agree where they have this like their last Pokemon is just ridiculously strong in comparison to the rest of of their team. Um, the music that plays for their last Pokemon though is really hype, so maybe it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched and play against like the first gym leader and the evolving music score and the cheering of the crowd is like pretty spectacular and it sounds like it just it sounds like to me from what i've seen of the game played and heard you two talk about it is like it it stripped out some of the mechanical depth that you found in pokemon games in the past and you kind of want that back a little bit. I feel like actually the depth of the the depth of like gameplay is still completely intact. I would say it's more like the depth of the world. The world feels really shallow. Yeah, if nothing else, like hearing you two talk about it just makes me want to like eventually pick up a copy of Ultra Sun or something and just play through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, those you know, I I highly recommend that generation of pokemon they're great so six how do you feel about uh how do you feel about it no sorry (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel about our rival this time hop um hop chooses the one that's weak to your pokemon (laughs) and that's hilarious the first time they've done that they did that in sun and moon as well yeah that's Um, true but it's still hilarious to me check out my kick-ass team a Yeah, um, I feel like I feel for Hop. I I feel like I really expected um there to be more with a second rival in this. Um, and both BD and Marnie don't really feel like proper rivals. They just feel like characters that pop up now and then. Um, because recently Pokemon's really got into the idea of having more than one rival, like X and Y and Sun and Moon both lean into that idea, though X and Y more. Um, and Hop is not hop is a a secondary rival without a primary rival to play off of hop is kind of i i appreciate the fact that for once they're making the fact that he always you always beat your rival like part of the story because usually it's like oh you've got gary oak and every time he shows up you kick his ass and he's like smell you later i'm the best you're like you've literally never defeated a single one of my pokemon gary (laughs) um Whereas here, Hop is like, it's time for another battle. I'm going to try something different because you kick the shit out of me every time we meet. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> um, but I don't know. He just comes across to me like this like cocky upper class jack off who's used to having a cool older brother. I just don't care for him. 
I felt some sympathy for him because uh, there, there's something about his insistence that he's going to be the best that's pure, even if it's annoying at times for him to be like, oh, hey, you're going to be the prologue in my... In the in the in the epic they're going to write about me when all is said and done, and he can't even. He's too focused on how to throw his pokeball out the right way to actually drill down and figure this out to the point where. The one thing that does great on me about him is that uh, every time I fight him, and this has been I don't know I I feel like I've fought him five times so far. Every time he takes out his starter Pokemon and I take out mine and I use my attack that one hit kills him, he's like, oh, so you finally learned how status types work. And it's like, yeah, I, we've been doing this since the very first fight, buddy. But, uh, yeah, I, I get the sensation, but you're further in, so this might be me reading into things too much. I get the sensation that he's going to have his world shattered at some point, and he'll learn how to be a better trainer. Yes and no. Um, he does kind of have a wake-up call, but it doesn't really feel like it changes anything to me. Um, I feel like they, they, they play it badly, where it's like, okay, they wanted to have this moment where it's like, oh, now he sees that now he sees what's going on, really, but he's, I, I, it doesn't work for me. That's a shame. So, yeah. Looking sore, looking forward to Ultra Sword and Ultra Shield, I guess. <laughs> or Pokemon Gun. I, 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 that's I'm sick of the Pokemon Gun one, honestly. Okay, let's work out. Let's work out a new one. Pokemon Sword, Lance. Pokemon Shield, Pokemon Axe. You could do Pokemon Axe. Uh, you could do Pokemon Bow. Pokemon Flail. Imagine a dog with a bow in its mouth, and it like hooks and like drops, sets the like the wood part of the bow on a rock, and then grabs the string in its mouth and like pulls it backwards. Or even better, it holds the wooden part in its mouth and uses its tail to pull back the bowstring. Ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and it fires out like psychic arrows or something like that. Make it, make it. Uh, hmm, let's see, what's a good typing for it? Make it fighting type and it just shoots fists <laughs> so out of curiosity six is there someone in your household who also has a switch because i was wondering why you got the version that came with both games oh no i'm just stupid <laughs> fair enough yeah no no there's no one else it's just like hey i was in the best buy thing and i was i was buying it online and it was like hey you're 20% off everything is going to run out soon. You might as well make the most of it and buy the stupid version. I'm like, that makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you were a collector or something because I, I was racking my brain trying to figure out whether you also did the same for uh, Ultra Sun and Moon when that came out. I didn't. I don't think there was a double pack for Ultra Sun and Moon, was there? I don't think so. I, I think there was only a double pack for Sun and Moon. Yeah, I know there was one for at least one or both of those. Mm. Well, I didn't buy the double pack there. Um, I don't know why I did it here. I don't think I would do it again. It was a stupid decision. Yeah, to me, like I've always felt like buying the double pack like goes against the spirit of the thing. 
It's like you're supposed to talk to people and figure out like what Pokemon to trade with. Ah, uh, fuck the spirit. I do what I want. I'm here to have a good time, not to fucking beg with some jackass from Kentucky for their fucking blue baskelin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna beg, motherfucker. I'll get my own shit. You know what you do? You you catch 10 to 20 Yampers and then you mystery trade them until you get what you want. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. I've done a lot of mystery trading. I should be able to write that shit off for charity. I should write that off on my fucking tax collection because I'm putting in <laughs> score bunnies and grookies and and sobbles and you know what I'm getting back? Pidgeys. Magikarps and Magikarps and Magikarps. Aww. These people are fucking criminals. <laughs> <laughs> they are stealing. <laughs> this is not an equivalent exchange. Full Metal Alchemist would be very upset. <laughs> They're breaking the take a penny, leave a penny rule. They're taking they're taking a dollar and leaving poop in the tray. And I don't <laughs> fucking appreciate it. <laughs> so I have to I have to let myself be like, no, this is fine. This is charity. I'm donating these Pokemon and they're gonna give me some piece of crap that I'm gonna immediately release. It's fine. Um, because I'm trying to I, 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 you know, I got the ditto and I've got all the starters now. So it's like I can give one to all my friends. And when I'm bored, I can just load myself up with eggs and don't take that out of context and <laughs> throw a few on the, you know, hatch them and throw a few on the, the, you know, the surprise trade, the mystery trade and just do my good deed for the day. I'm still, I, I, I'm scared to, to try evolving into the one of the alcremy forms just because it seems so complicated but it's, it's not as complex it's it's complicated to get the one you want to get one at all is not hard okay yeah you just spin around in a circle for 45 seconds you can spin for a lot less for some of them you can just like just twirl the stick as long as you get any of the right items and they'll evolve it's fine Anyway. Some of the some of these evolution methods, dead ass, sound like na- like fucking playground rumors. That's what I like. I mean, like I think they need more of them. Yeah, it's just it's nice to have like evolution be like. There was a point where it was like, oh, they're going to try and come up with that. It's going to be like Mortal Kombat, right? They're going to come up with evolutions that you can't guess. And it's like, no, it's the internet. That's not a thing anymore. So they're like, let's just do ones that make you play the game in weird ways and have fun with that, right? Right. Like spinning around in place for a couple of seconds or scoring three critical hits in in like a single battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's I I appreciate them at least leaning into it being more than just you know level them up or give them a rock. Though I think literally there should be one where like you give them a normal rock, just like it's like it's just a stone, it doesn't do anything, and they're just like they're so excited to get a rock that they evolve. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how you get Eve, like like a future Eevee form of like Rockyon or whatever is just really excited to get a rock. Still, still waiting for Champion. Still, just a great, great name for a fighting type. Eevee. It's too good. Yeah. I guess one last thing for me about Sword and Shield. 
I love the camp feature mostly because they put a lot of detail into these various Pokemon running around and having goofy faces and playing with you. I do wish that there was more to do in that setting. Like, uh, I also wish the curry creation made any sense at all. <laughs> that too. Like, I tried doing it with someone else one time, and we our spoons just kept banging against each other, and it was like, I don't know if I'm actually helping here, or if this, why I'm doing this with another person. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that can be an episode. Does anybody have any 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 quick hits you want need to get out of your system? Any other any other games you need to touch on real fast? I picked up Groove Coaster on the Switch. That's a very good version of Groove Coaster. I probably shouldn't have spent sixty bucks on it, but I assume it'll drop in price for other people if they're patient enough. Fair enough. And uh, I I dunked on it before, but yeah, I I don't think the the Jedi Fallen Order is very good. Yeah, that that seems to be a very divisive game right now, and. Yeah, I don't know. I I wonder. I don't know. I, maybe it's just maybe it's just that like I'm not a Star Wars person, and there you have to be a Star Wars person for it to click with you or something. Because the people I've heard speak positively about it seem to be Star Wars people, and so maybe there's just something to it that I can't get out of it. But I don't get it. You get to see Forrest Whitaker for I assume is more than the ten to twenty minutes you see him in. Uh, Rogue One. Yeah, see, I don't care. Um, so maybe that. <laughs> like, uh, honestly, I the only like the only casting celebrity casting of the year that works for me hilariously. Well, there are two. There's Ma- they're both from Death Stranding. There's Mads Mikkelsen who just does a great job in that. Mm-hmm. He just really kills it. And then there's Norman Reedus because I didn't know who Norman Reedus was, and now I'm just like. Oh, he's the guy who mumbles to himself all the time. This is great. He's just like, there you go, speed demon. (laughs) I'm like, this is great. (laughs) Whoa there. He just seems like a complete idiot, and I'm here for it. Uh, I I enjoyed, uh, oh, I guess I, I don't know how far you are, so I probably shouldn't say too much. I know some things, but also, you know, some of our audience may not. Um... There's Norman Reedus doesn't try, and that's what makes it great. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some people who are trying their best in that game, and sometimes it pays off. Other times, it's like, oh god, this is awful. Like anytime fucking uh, fragile is on screen, you're like, lay you. I, I guess I haven't seen you in anything else, so maybe this is like a premature judgment. But you can't act. You just can't. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh. I I love her jacket. I wish she was better in this. Well, anyway, I'm sure there'll be plenty of time to talk about that in our gimmick awards, folks. Gimmick award season is coming up. Wee. We're gonna have a fun time uh, having having our various categories. Um, we're already having having some good ideas like like hot and cold, um, where I'm sure Death Stranding will do very well. Um, <laughs> But uh, until then, um, I guess this is the plug zone. Uh, Kyrie, why don't you go first? Uh, just for now, follow my Twitter at Kyrie A page on Twitter. Follow me there. I occasionally post things. Mm. 
Mm. Hosting. And, uh... Go ahead. I'm at JBU3 on Twitter. Most of my stuff is on scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And, um... Yeah, at, at some point we'll be bringing back Novel Not New, but until then, we have a ton of episodes over on the Abnormal Mapping Network, so you can check them out there. It's uh, abnormalmapping.com, or that that specific show is readinggames.online. All right, and then as far as me, um, at 6 Detmar on Twitter is S-I-X. On Twitter is the plural, all of them, all all six Twitters. Uh, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R, and then, you know, scanlinemedia.com, patreon.com, so scanlinemedia. Until next time, folks, uh, I, I don't, don't blow on your cartridges, actually, because the humidity is actually bad for the contacts. Peace. Yep. Peace. See ya.